Red Triathlon Show, episode 57. Everybody, welcome back to another episode of That Triathlon Show, the podcast presented by scientifictriathlon.com. I'm your shivering host, Michael, which we'll talk about a bit later. Today's episode is all about training for a swim run, and I just got back from my open water swim session here in Helsinki on December no, sorry, September 7th. It's not quite that extreme, but still, it's getting pretty cold here, so that's why I'm shivering. So today's episode is about the basic structure of your swim-run training program, and I'll actually talk you through the swim-run program that I'm currently on, preparing for the inaugural Finnish National Championships in swim-run, which is exciting. And we'll also talk about things like how it's important to make the training really, really race-specific and how to accomplish that specificity, how you can train your technical skills in swim run, and uh, how you should also train with the equipment that you'll be using on race day. So this is a topic that has been requested by one of you listeners, most recently by uh, David Shields. So thank thank you for that topic request and to all the listeners remember that you can always send topic requests and also guest requests for interviews to michael at scientifictriathlon.com and that's michael with a k i want to mention something really quickly regarding the upcoming podcast episodes i'm preparing for my move to portugal and uh, i'm very very time crunched so there might be a few less interviews than usually and more solo episodes because I don't have to uh, take the time to schedule the interview and record the interview separately and all those sorts of things. Although that being said, the amount of time I spent researching this episode would have been more than compensated for by having a guest. Anyways, I, I'm just falling behind on schedule for researching guests and so on. So, so there might be a quite a few less of them now in the upcoming weeks but there will be a few for sure and more solo episodes and i'll definitely go back to more regular interviews in the future and in the not distant very distant future at all before starting to discuss swim run training let me give you the three minute overview of what swim run is for those of you who are not quite sure even though i think that most triathletes are triathletes are starting to take note of this uh, this sport so swim run is a long endurance event of swimming and running in multiple segments in teams of two in nature or wilderness you run and swim within 10 meters of your teammate and you go from running to swimming running to swimming running to swimming etc etc and you keep the same same equipment and and the same same apparel on you at all times you don't change from a wetsuit to running gear or anything it's a real adventure put simply and Ötile, which is uh the for the, the the premier i would say race series and they also organize the the world championships they are they are watch ironman might be in terms of branding at least in the swim run world they have the slogan unique races in unique places and uh, that sums it up perfectly i think 
So Ötileo, as I mentioned, the original swim run race in uh, the Stockholm archipelago is a 75 kilometer long swim run and the teams swim between 26 islands and run over these same islands. And 10 kilometers of those 75 are open water swimming and 65 kilometers are trail running. And this whole event started from a drunken bet in 2002, where four people decided to start on the morning with the, and try to get to, to the destination, which was uh, one of the islands with, uh, with a restaurant and a bar, uh, 75 kilometers r- roughly from where they were. And the only rule was that they had to pass three different restaurants on the islands between the start and the finish. And the last team at the restaurant had to drink and had to pay for the food and drink that the team ahead of them had ordered for them. So it took both of the teams more than 24 hours and they were too tired to party on arrival. This is from the Eotile website. And they tried again the year after with the same result. And the name Swim Run was the actual Swim Run events started to slowly pop up in Stockholm and in Sweden and then spread to Finland. It was also an early adapting country. But the name Swim Run was born as late as in 2011. But now in the last couple of years, it's been spreading really quickly. And the Brits and the French are really, really big adopters and also more recently, America and Australia and New Zealand are following and uh, taking this great sport up really quickly. And I'll link to a world of swim run map in the show notes of this episode on thattriathlonshow.com, where you can see all the locations where there are swim runs in the world right now. And uh, and that's uh, that's a great map, and, and you can get some inspiration and see where you might be doing your next destination race, a unique race in a unique place. So... To sum it up, compared to triathlon, there is no cycling, of course, but also a difference is that you wear and carry the exact same gear and equipment in both swimming and running. Like the swim run, so you have a swim run suit that you swim in and run in, and you have calf sleeves that add some flotation to your legs and feet because you have to swim in your shoes as well, which can be trail running shoes, or now companies are coming out with uh, specific swim running shoes. And uh, instead of going from just uh, one sport to another, and that being it, as in swim, bike, run, you go back and forth between running, swimming, running, swimming, and so on, with uh, often pretty short segments, but some can be longer. Longer segments could be something like a two or three K swim and five to seven K run. But some of the segments, as I said, are much shorter, just a couple of hundred meters of swimming or running. So let's move into the training for this episode. I've done a lot of research here, but it feels still as though I'm just barely scratching the surface of swim run training. And there just isn't a whole lot of information or actual knowledge of how to train for swim run out there. So I'll base this discussion on what information I've found in my research and also on my current training program, which is just a sharp four-week program, as that's the time that I've had between the Olympic distance nationals, which went great, by the way. I finished 10th, so I was very happy with that. Uh, And now Swim Run Nationals coming up on the 23rd of September. And I'll give you a link to download my program on the show notes page on thattriathlonshow.com so that you can have a look at that if you want to use it. And uh, 
I'm, as I said, currently training for this swim run, which will be the the inaugural Finnish national national championships on the 23rd of September, and it's in my home, sweet home, the Åland Islands, which is an archipelago in uh, the southwest of Finland. And I'll include a link and a video to the race in the show notes. The first edition of the race were, was last year, and I participated and actually won it with my uh, partner for last year. And it's a stunning, stunning race. It's just a one or two minute video, so I highly recommend that you go and watch it. This year, my partner will be Simon Briarley, who's my coach and owner of Paradise Triathlon Training. And he's the one who's written the program that I'm on. And actually, he's using the same program. I've given some input to it since I know the race and the course. And uh, I've done a swim run before. It'll be Simon's first swim run whatsoever. And uh, so here's the program overview. Week one was basically more of a recovery week from uh, the Olympic Distance Nationals with two swims, three runs, one swim run for a total of eight hours of training. And the swims were one easy, easier pool swim, tech-focused, and one open water, with, which was uh, 30 or 40 minutes with some solid pool boy and paddle efforts. And that's uh, those pool boy and paddle efforts is something that keeps repeating itself in this program. Then there was a swim run, which was two hours with some harder segments in it. One long and three runs. One long run on trails, two hours. One speed run on uh, undulating terrain with eight times one K efforts. And uh, an endurance run of 70 minutes with some efforts as well. Week two was uh, two swims, two runs and two swim runs. So uh, that is actually this week that I'm in. And uh, it will be two open water swims, one of which I just done, and it was freezing cold. Uh, then two swim runs, one two times 90 minutes of swim runs with practicing trans- transitions mostly in one and then some harder efforts in the other. One long run on trails, which I did yesterday. Uh, and that uh, had a finish fast segment of 30 minutes that I did. And then again, an endurance run of 70 minutes with some efforts. So 8.5 hours in total for week two. Week three cuts back a bit since we're getting close to the race. Seven hours with two swims, two runs, and two swim runs again, just like the previous week. Two open water swims. Again, some solid pool boy plus paddle efforts in the one session and the other same thing, but more of a continuous race effort workout. And the two swim runs will be 90 minutes for the first one and 75 for the other. Again, one of them will practice on practice transitions and one will have more intensity with some harder segments, fart leg style intervals. And then two endurance runs, so no long run anymore, just 70 minutes of running in both of those with some efforts, which is again fart leg style intervals. And then the final week, taper week, will be a pool swim with more of a speed component to it. And then an open water swim some race intensity, but nothing too taxing. And uh, two easy runs, 45-minute jogs with some strides. And one swim run the day before the race with Simon. We will be practicing together for the first time. So so that's very important since it's a team sport and you really need to to have teamwork and collaboration for to be effective in swim run. So some key takeaways there... In general, it's definitely an endurance event. As you can see here, uh, longer continuous workouts, especially on the swim side of things. As a triathlete, if you're training the way that I at least think that most triathletes should train, which is interval-based in the swim, 
then these longer continuous workouts and even with the effort that are longer and with short breaks not much uh at super high intensities uh, that's a diff- clear difference compared to triathlon training and for some extent this is same for the running as well it, for me especially since i'm focusing on the olympic distance i've been doing a lot of workouts on the track and uh, and now i don't anymore thank god uh, i hope simon didn't hear that uh, but but now i still have intensity on the runs but uh, they will be more like a fart lake style and going on feel and having flexible recovery intervals as well so so it's definitely more of a flexible approach and i try to do them on trails as well to to do race specific intensity there's a big focus on strength as well both on the swim and run with obviously the paddles on the swim and pool boy so really working that upper body and then for the run trying to find as many hills and trails as possible and work that strength Technical skills, obviously training in race equipment in the swim runs themselves and practicing transitions and also getting used to swimming in the open water. You notice that there were very few pool swims here. So uh, paddle and pool boy skills are really something that I'm focusing on. And for the run part, running on trails is what what requires some technical uh, aptitude. Swimming, mostly open water swims, as I said, and also shoes. I forgot I, I swim in shoes, especially now that I just today got my new uh, uh, swim run shoes. They are specific for swim run by Icebug. And uh, trying to build endurance and strength to be able to handle the load that's placed on the shoulders due to the paddles. I remember last year, uh, I think after about 7k total, so that might have been maybe 12 or 13 or 14 of uh, the swim segments after that my shoulders were really really shot and i just couldn't move fast anymore and it was the same for my partner even worse actually but i just hadn't done enough i hadn't trained at all for the swim run honestly just two weeks instead of four because i had the duathlon race nationals that year and and i had that that i prioritized ahead of the swim run so it was just a fun adventure but uh, that really cost me on the swim with swim, swimming really slowly and and really not my shoulders were completely completely shut after 7k or so and there are still three cases of swimming total left so so that's something that definitely needs work and i feel already that now i'm much more prepared on the swimming so obviously there's also a difference in the type of technique that you use in swimming when you need to incorporate navigation and swimming in a wetsuit that's the same as in triathlon of course which is but it's uh, with the amount of swimming that we will do now uh, a lot of open water swimming in the gear that we'll use on race day is required and pacing must kind of be learned again because it's uh, it's a new sort of equipment so uh, the same effort doesn't necessarily translate directly we'll be working more with the upper bodies and uh, or only with the upper bodies the legs aren't working at all so uh, and and just trying to load those shoulders uh, effectively and not overly but still moving quickly that's something that really requires that you know what pace you can sustain for how long and finally, handling the cold temperature, I expect the temperature on race day to be between 11 and 13 degrees Celsius, which is around about 51 to 55 Fahrenheit. 
So this is absolutely a critical part of preparations. It's actually, I was surprised to see it, but it's exactly the same kind of temperatures that the Norseman extreme iron distance race in Norway has for their typical race day water temperature, 13 to 15 degrees. So even a bit colder, actually, to uh, two degrees Celsius colder. And a Norseman is often... Uh, put on uh, on a pedestal as as one of the most uh, the hardest toughest races out there so but we will have a colder much much colder race obviously we don't have to swim for as long continuously which is uh, a massive massive help but i did a 60 minute swim today and and this was really man i was close to, to hypothermic definitely i cramped towards the end in my calf not from any effort because obviously didn't even use my legs at all but it just felt like the kind of calf that i really uh, tense up in the cold towards the end and uh, yeah it, it felt as if, it, as if it was cold induced that cramp fortunately i i managed to shake it off and and could finish my workout but um it's um, it's difficult and you need to practice that. And I think today it was around 14 degrees Celsius, so 57 degrees Fahrenheit. So I'm still looking at two or three degrees colder on race day. So adapting to that will be crucial. I'm in Helsinki, of course, now still. Uh, Simon is in the UK and in the lakes there, I think that it's uh, still quite a bit warmer. So I suggested to him this today. I messaged him and said that you better start doing some cold shower training to to prepare for that cold because it's it's going to be cold and and that's honestly it could be a great thing to do if, if you are preparing for a cold race and and you don't have those same cold temperatures to train in for the run trails and race specific training even if a lot of the runs had some sorts of efforts as i said for example they might be something like six times five minutes with a five minute uh, easier jogging in between and there are no specific zones or anything but uh, zone three even low zone four maybe they are done on trails a lot for me to develop the technical skills required but also to build even more specific strength and even though the race doesn't have any big hills to climb you're constantly going a little bit up and down up and down up and down on rocks in in the woods and uh, wherever really so so it's a strength race and i'm trying to prepare for that as best as i can by getting in as much elevation as possible hills are all our friends even if you are running flat races then hills will make you stronger and faster so yeah you don't don't think that hills slow you down be grateful for them i I love hills and i'm glad that i will have more of them soon when i move so so that's another key point on the run other than that uh, nothing really to talk about for the run part of the program it it is i did one speed run the eight times 1k with uh i forget how long recoveries i had uh probably i don't know they weren't too long maybe maybe two minutes or 90 seconds and and that was a really good workout. I did that on gravel roads mostly. So so there is a place for not running on trails for sure when you want to really get that physiological adaptation of running fast and really getting your heart rate up because that might in some cases be more difficult on trails. So I'm not saying that you should run only on trails, definitely not. But those more high-end, top-end run workouts might be better done on roads. But what I did was I still picked a, a hilly route so that I could could get that strength work in and also somewhat prepare technically because running downhill fast is requires some technical skill. And that's always good to train for then the swim run workouts some of them as i said include harder segments again fart style intervals 
And a lot of focus is put on transitions, obviously. I'll talk a little bit about that later. But in the race, we'll be doing 36 transitions. So half of them would be run to swim and half the other way around. And let's say we lose 20 seconds each time with slippery rocks and all the equipment that you need to, to take care of. It's easy enough if you're not prepared to lose those 20 seconds each time. And that's already 12 minutes. So it's super important. And also, finally, a very important thing in those swim run workouts is to practice nutrition intake as well. And uh, I'm doing that. But one thing that I find difficult is hydration because we don't have... You can't really carry around any water. And uh, the places where I can do swim run workouts, there really is no good solution i could i guess leave some water bottles somewhere but since there are so many people moving around there i'm not sure if i want to maybe i should just give it a try and see whether somebody takes them or not um i guess i should stop making excuses and actually do that so this this was a good good takeaway for me from uh, recording this podcast that i'll i'll try to do that next time but so far in my swim runs i haven't been practicing hydration really And uh, that's a big, big uh, mistake, I think. Although, that being said, in the race that we'll be doing, the aid stations are very few and far between. I think there's five of them, and uh, just two or three of them are manned. The rest are unmanned. So you can leave your your bottles and your nutrition on those unmanned stations. But still, with five five aid stations on 50Ks of swimming and running, or 41Ks of... uh, of running and 10 of swimming or something like that then you're looking at 10 kilometers between each one last year me and my partner did this race in just below nine hours i think that me and simon can get to maybe 8 30 or somewhere below 8 30 ish i'm pretty sure that we can do that but still that's uh let me think an hour and a half or more an hour 45 between each aid station so that's a long time to be without hydration especially if the air temperature is high which it might be even though the water temperature is cold so so that's a challenge but it will be a challenge on race day as well that's about it for the program overview and i think that we also covered in good detail the need for and how to do race specific training obviously regarding race specificity you need to do the research for your goal race and find out what that's like in terms of terrain uh, segments uh, so with that i mean how many how long how short uh, uh, segments you have temperature water conditions uh, are there any currents and so on to base your race specific training off of that and also but you need to obviously work with what you have where you live if you are traveling for a race so for technical skills and equipment let's put them together a little bit and discuss them again from a trail running and transitions and a swim with paddles point of view so first for trail running and technique there's nothing that will help you as much as just get out on those trails and run and run and run and have fun because I love it. I actually find this swim run training to be super fun and it's a great, great, great break from uh, a year of really good solid triathlon training, which I've been loving as well. But uh, now with the culmination of the Nationals a couple of weeks ago, I'm so happy to be doing something a little bit different and mixing it up for a while and still training and moving about and uh, staying fit but uh, in a different way so yeah go get out on the trails and run and run and run but there is one key piece of technique advice that i want to give you which is 
because I also have a bit of a trail running and sky running background. And, and that tip is to keep your gaze up and ahead and don't look down at your feet or just in front of them because you will be feeling as if you're running so much faster, even if you aren't. You're running much slower when you look down close to your feet. You should be learning when you practice keeping your gaze up and ahead, you will learn to memorize the way that you will put down your feet, even if you're not looking at them, even on the most gnarly and rocky and rooty terrain, the way that we actually have here. Uh, just like, uh, let's compare to an alpine skier that memorizes the course exactly every single turn. So that's my one key piece of uh, technique advice for trail running. As for transitions, starting with running to swimming, start by pulling up your zipper and maybe even your wetsuit uh, altogether if you have uh, dragged, pulled that down completely or on your upper body, obviously, when you're running, which some people do for longer run segments in hot weather. But you start to pull up your zipper or your whole wetsuit as you approach the water. And uh, in training, you will no need to learn to see what kind of distance you need for that uh, to not waste any more time to be kept standing and doing that because that is easy enough to do running. And you have a zipper on your front of your swim run suit, so that's easy. Put on your goggles and ideally your paddles, but that depends a bit on the entry point. For really difficult entry points, you might need to put on the paddles only as you get into the water. And then coordinate with your partner. You need to give each other confirmation that you're both ready to go. And I think it's smart also to let the leading swim partner enter the water first so that you, you should know who's the stronger swimmer. And he will be the one or she will be the one who enters the water first. And, and that will help you coordinate with each other and for swimming swimming to running as you approach approach the exit of uh, of the swim and touch the bottom or the rocks or whatever you will be climbing up on the first thing that i do is to quickly pull up my goggles to see better because these exits are usually you need to climb and it's tricky and it's rocky and you can easily fall and uh, get yourself a big big dash on uh, or on your on your calves or your shins or wherever and uh, you can hurt yourself if you're not if you're not careful with with your footing so i remove the goggles to see better and then i remove the paddles to be able to use my hands and there is one paddle trick that i read about that i haven't used yet and that is to to attach an extra strap that is much larger to the to the paddle so that you can keep the paddles just dangling across your uh, your wrists or your, even your arms so so you don't need to have them on your hands but you don't need to have them in your mouth either to keep your hands free you can have them on on your arms for example with that bigger strap that you have attached uh, as you exit the water and then even as you're running and the buoy for me i just uh, i've attached some elastic bands from the buoy so and uh, May I drilled holes in the in the buoy and tied some elastic bands to it, and that means that I can have a race belt over my swim run suit, and and attach that buoy or those elastic bands uh, to around that uh, that race belt and snap it all together so it's uh, safe there and it will just uh, hang by my side as I'm running, and then as I move into the swim part or into the water, I will just take the buoy, grab it, and I. Uh, I don't need to remove it from the race belt. It, it's always there, but obviously since it's hanging around those elastics, uh, I just put it between my legs and start swimming. And I'll have links of that in the show notes so that you can see what I'm talking about. And uh, yeah, then without stressing, so when you exit the water, you just obviously, you take the buoy and uh, 
turn it and throw it around to your to your side or your back on that race belt and it's out of the way easy enough then without stressing but uh, as quickly as you can you just get on with climbing out of the water check that your partner is with you and start running pull down the zipper or even the entire upper of the wetsuit as you go if it's a long run run segment and it's hot in uh, the air temperature then uh, i think that pulling down the entire upper of the wetsuit is the way to go Remember, obviously, to fuel as you're running because you can't do that when you're swimming and you need to be... If you're going to be out for some of these races as Olin Swim Run, which we're entering, is uh, almost nine hours, then, I mean, you need to fuel and you need to be very diligent with it. So so that's super important. Do that on the run and get into a routine of doing it every 15 minutes or so so that you have that routine that you stick to and don't fly by the seat of your pants one more thing about my training that i've almost forgot to mention is that in my course sessions that i've been continuing to do diligently four or five times per week so i practice what i preach as you may notice I've been adding a new thing, which is uh, stretch cords for doing swim-specific stretch cord strengthening. I do three times 50, and uh, and that's um, quite a lot. And if you stand with the stretch cords stretched out far enough in front of you, it adds quite a lot of resistance. So it's a really good workout. And I think that that has something to do with the fact that I've adapted so quickly to swimming 4K swims with my paddles and, and not having my shoulders be toast as I just described previously. So, And that's something that a uh, friend of the show, Jerry Rodriguez from Tower 26, is a big fan of. And it, throughout, throughout the swim training period or swim training year, he prescribes doing those 3 times 50 3 times 60 stretch cords before every swim workout. And I'm just now starting to do it myself but doing it as part of my core training instead of as part of swim uh, swim training because I just find that it's more convenient that way so I think that's about it for this episode on how to train for swim run I hope that you learned something and obviously how to train for swim run is a rather large topic it's like having a ch- an episode on how to train for a triathlon uh, what, what does that mean? Is it for an advanced or beginner Ironman or sprint? It's uh, difficult and we've just scratched the surface, but I think that this might be a useful case study for anybody interested in trying swim run, and I'd encourage you to do so because it's a fantastic sport. And I got to say a big thank you to Orland Swim Run, who invited me and Simon to their fantastic event. And we'll do a post-mortem podcast from it as well and uh, be active on social media from it so that you can follow us there. Also, big thank yous to Icebug for providing swimrun shoes and colting wetsuits for swimrun paddles. And uh, I was lucky that uh, these were my first choices for equipment providers based on uh, reviews that I found on World of Swim Run. It's a website and uh, they found that the Icebug Acceleridas swim run shoes were the best of all swim run shoes and the Colting paddles were the best paddles for swim run. So I just contacted them and asked if I could try their products and they agreed. So big thank you to Icebug and Colting Wetsuits. You can find the show notes for today's episode on thattriathlonshow.com as usual. And remember that uh, that's where you will find this program that I just described that I'm using to train for swimrun that you can download for yourself. 
And you can contact me and send me questions on michael at scientificdraftland.com, and that's Michael with a K, or tweet me on Twitter. My handle is at SciTriat. I'm not actually quite sure yet what first this episode is going to be about. I have a couple of ideas, including, for example, the benefits of training in the morning, backed by science, or how to train with RPE and how useful it can be when done right, but how easy it is to get it wrong, RPE being rating of perceived exertion. So those are a couple of ideas. Then we will have an interview or a chat, actually, with a fellow Stride user and advocate out there. Uh, And we will have, in the not-too-distant future, the first ever repeat guest on that triathlon show. So... uh, do send me your guesses for who that may be on email to michael.scientifictriathlon.com and the winner will get a shout out on the show. I don't have anything more fancy to give out, but hey, that's uh, it's just a fun contest. Thank you, as always, for listening. I really, really appreciate you tuning in every Monday and Thursday. Keep training smart and keep loving triathlon.